day we hoistling at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the much-anticipated return to television by Zach Braff in the comedy sitcom Alex, Inc. to be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. This week, Drew is taking a little vacay. He saw Moe's vacay, and now he wanted to take his own little break from the Pilots and Petards podcast. And joining us today, we do have a special guest. Magician Kier Gomes is joining us. He will be subbing in for our co-hoister, Drew. And Kier, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, sir? Thanks, Jimbo. My name's Kier. I'm a magician, oh. a native Oregonian, and longtime listener of the Pilots and Petards podcast. Happy to be doing this. As far as a episode background, this is Alex Inc. This is a premiere. There is no background. And we will maybe possibly start a new section of the show for special premiere television shows. Another announcement, for those of you new to the show, we have a special feature where you can join and follow our blog. And you can find out about the episodes before we, we record. And you can throw in your input. Wow. And your voice may or may not end up on the show. And if you have any questions about what a petard is... If you're confused that you think there's going to be any airplanes, you can go to our website, pilotsandpetards.com, and you can educate yourself a little bit about our show. Thanks, Jimbo. And now we have a first. Mo is going to give us our (laughs) 60-second summary. Go ahead, Mo. Let's do it. Alex foolishly quits a good job to chase an unlikely dream of starting his own podcasting company. Sound familiar? He is a fantasist and wants to change the world with radio storytelling and in pursuit of this ends up blowing his and his wife's hard-earned retirement to rent an overcharged shared open office space with a group of flunkies. To make it worse, he lies to his way too supportive and understanding wife about it. After failing to get the financial backing of some bozo billionaire investor, he watches his son fearlessly perform an over-the-top magic show at his school's talent show. And suddenly Alex discovers that his passion for radio is the quote-unquote unfair advantage the investor was looking for. Stick around and see if Alex Inc. will avoid those petards. That was a very fantastic summary, Mo, especially for someone on their first summary. Well done. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And Kier, since you are our special guest, will you please tell us your high point? Sure, thank you. I think my biggest high point was uh, I liked the the family dynamic. I also was a fan that they put a mixed family dynamic in there. I think that for the most part, you don't see that enough in TV. And given that, uh, you know, those are the times that we're in and that's something that's very important uh, to be represented in TV. I really enjoyed that. It did have its funny moments, um, but that's about it for my high points. Yeah, I would say before I started watching the show, I I was excited to see a mixed family as well. I think we all have the same high point, guys. I have, I, uh, I have some other high points, but but Mo, if your if your high point is something specific off of that, uh, why don't you jump in? I mean, I think you just took the words out of my mouth. Really, I just really appreciated that his wife was a woman of color, that she was powerful, she was a lawyer, uh, but also had like a very soft side in that the fact that this powerful, strong you know, woman of color would be with this kind of quirky, <laughs> weird um, Jewish boy. I can boy. personally relate to that. <laughs> so uh, I just, I, I, and I, and I believed it, right? I didn't, I didn't believe that she wouldn't never be with him. It was almost like um, they were very relatable and believable as a couple, I guess. I'm not sure if I believed it, but what makes you think she's a lawyer? Now she does I say she had up. cases, but. <laughs> 
They seem <laughs> like they, you know, they seem like a little too poor for her to be a lawyer. She she's a public defender, is what the internet told me. So okay, a poor the, lawyer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes that makes sense. So you know, public defenders don't make much, but that's again, she has that bleeding heart, which is why she is with the man that loves radio so much, and she's willing to accept him for all for all of his fantasies. Yeah, that guy does not deserve a wife like that. That's for sure. So she obviously is a lawyer. They don't they don't develop that very well in that first episode. That's a something else that we can maybe discuss later. I can piggyback off of that. I thought Taya Sakar, that's the actress that plays Rooney, the wife. I thought she was one of my high points. Now, I disagree with Mo. I think her character sucks. I think she was yeah, oh yeah. Mo <laughs> just made a nasty face at me. No, her character is lame, dude. She's way too supportive. She like argues and then but quickly just like gives in and that can go into a low point that we can discuss later, but I think the actress, she's a good actress. Like like she could even though she was turning way too easily and like conflicts were being solved way too easily, but she's a good actress. And so that's that's what I could appreciate from her. Not her character, but her role in the show as an actress. It's just always a breath of fresh air to see a South Asian woman of all, you know, too. Those are really underrepresented in media. And so I think that's maybe why I really clung to her as a character. But I didn't. But I guess are you getting at the fact that maybe because she's a, like a wife that she was being submissive to what her husband, her like white husband wanted? Or what are you saying? I can speak for myself. I didn't take it that way. Okay. It, it more just seemed like whoever wrote the script for that really didn't take the time to consider how somebody might actually feel if this were reality. So I don't think it was her being submissive. I think it was more uh, lazy storytelling or just lack of storytelling. Right. Like they couldn't bother with that the, that story arch of her actually resisting to him. They just needed it to hurry it along. Exactly. That's the same way that I felt. And I think I think that's going to go into one of Drew's low points. So, so listeners, Drew did share some of his ideas with us. And we may or may not get to some of some of those. <laughs> And uh, Drew will be listening, so I can't get away with just saying whatever I want about him like I could with Mo. Let's let's save that. Mo, do you, have, do you have another high point? I do have one other high point. Okay, so that's it for me. Kier, do you, do you have another high point? Because I do have one more. Um, my high point at this point would actually be getting into MVP territory, so okay. I'm good. The last thing that, that I can add is I thought the scene where – where Alex explains what he wants to do to his kids. That was an awesome scene. He was like busting out like all these noises throughout the, and his kids were really involved. That was an excellent part of the show. He should have developed that as like, this guy's like a really cool storyteller instead of them just talking about how he's a really cool storyteller. I think it could have been more about him being like a really fun dad or a really cool guy. Instead, it was like, I don't know what it was like, but, um, but yeah. for the purpose of like not jump, jumping the gun, I thought that scene was really well done. And if the show would have been more of that, I think I would have thought a lot higher of this show. I agree. That was a good scene, Jimbo. I, I kind of almost forgot about it. All right, listeners, I think we are ready to move on to our Alyssa low points. Scene's gating. You're pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Alyssa from End of the from Fucking End World. The, yeah, man. Oh, you're fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's start off with Drew's low point. So Drew said that it was very convenient storytelling. He was really upset with the the problems in the show being solved very easily. 
And I would completely agree with that. I think as, as Kira just mentioned about the lack of storytelling, this, this show had a lot of that. And I'm, and I'm kind of getting annoyed with us talking about convenient storytelling because I kind of think we're using that as a cop-out to not be specific. Kira, why don't you go ahead and jump in? Sure. And I agree with you, Jimbo. I think the low point for me here wasn't convenient storytelling. It was that there really wasn't storytelling. One of the one of the biggest problems I had was how quickly all of these conflicts uh, either had resolutions or forgiveness. So um, I know that for sure, if in real life, somebody were to quit their job, which is another low point, and squander away $10,000 out of their retirement fund, I don't think forgiveness would come as easily uh, if that were a real scenario, especially considering you're raising a family in New York and <laughs> that's, that's got to have some kind of financial impact. Um, but one other thing I do want to mention is the motivation, uh, of Alex quitting his job was not there. It really seemed like he had an okay job and he had a pretty good setup. And, uh, it, it just seemed like one day he went in there and decided he was done with it. And there was really no explanation for why that is. And that, that was an unforgivable flaw in the pilot for me. I, I can definitely add to that. I was watching the show and I was like, you know what? His regular job seems like a sweet job. I was expecting him to be more of like a, you know, like way in, in the rat race or like, <laughs> like you know, like, or, ha- or have like, or have like a really shitty boss. I mean, his boss didn't come off all that great, but it, I don't have any sympathy for this dude quitting his job. Yeah, I no, I totally agree. They They really just jumped into that first scene where it was supposed to be like his the straw that broke the camel's back on why he just had to get out of his job. And it was not that bad. It was just like a normal job that anybody would be fucking grateful for. But he's just <laughs> like, oh, the, my passions. And and it just was, yeah, That that's a perfect way to like go deeper into convenience storytelling, right? Like it's super, his motivation was not developed even, even giving something of like him as a child being, like excited about something and then that just is like some undying flame in him would have been more believable. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get I didn't get it at all. What was so bad about that scene? Yeah, to paraphrase, he basically said, "I don't want to be uplifting. <laughs> I'm <laughs> out. <What> was... Peace." <laughs> he always had like those good good feel stories, right? It was dumb. That definitely rubbed me the wrong way because for one, we live in a time where the media is only about negative. Like you have to go way out of your way to hear a good story on the news. And he's working for a company that appears to be wanting to spread good news. And then his Alex's story is complete shit. He has an Esquire story, dude. That's that's straight out of those shitty magazines in the line at the grocery store. Like his story is a banana story. That's actually what you see on TV today. So like the fact that he's like upset that he has a chance to actually do something meaningful. And instead he wants to, instead he wants to sell these, this shit conspiracy story. That's actually (laughs) all we see on TV to me. I'm just like, dude, uh, no. And why? Like what kind of position of privilege are you that you can just do that with two kids? It's not even just about him. That's what's really fucked up. In the real world, there would be some serious repercussions from doing this. I didn't realize they were in New York. Unless his wife is making that lawyer cheddar, okay? Maybe. And as, as a future person that may be in somewhat similar Alex Mr. position. Alex? <laughs> yeah. We should know. make a pilot about you, Jimbo. See if we can do it better. Might have to. I feel like they should have developed a solid story that he wanted to report first and then 
that would have been like an awesome, like that sequence of events would have been much better than, I mean, although uh, we'll get to my crab man, but the the scene with the cat was pretty awesome for me. But (laughs) yeah, that's, that's fine. His story was a shit story and then it collapses. Why is it in there? Why is it in the pilot if it's a shit story that doesn't even get developed? It's almost, you're wasting my time. I did read into it mostly because I was trying to find out all the characters' names and found information. Like The the white people had very simple names. The non-white people had these like ridiculous names, it seemed like, too. <laughs> Sorry, not, not ridiculous, listeners. Watch it. I mean, like, <laughs> difficult to remember and understand. They also don't say the kids' names very often. But that, they didn't. But they, that's also subjective because if... Yes. Like, it's hard for, like, a white audience to remember those names. You just said you had to look them up, Mo. Come on. Don't give me shit about this. I looked up everyone's names. I didn't know anyone's names except Alex. Well, you knew Alex's name. <laughs> I know. That's what I just said. Anyway. Listeners, let me please remove my foot from my mouth. <laughs> this pilot did a shitty job of telling you who the characters are. Besides Alex. that's tr- He was so central that it was almost egotistical, which Zach Braff, yes. I'm sure, is. I agree. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yes. But fuck you, this Zach is... Braff. <laughs> like, literally, in what world is Garden State, like, worth anyone's time? <laughs> Drew's going to like listening to this. Yeah. But let me, okay, let me finish my point, which yeah, sorry. I found, I found uh, some, I read something. This is actually based off of a real person. Did quit his job. I believe it. And it's called, I don't even, I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to give them more business. But. It's some big podcast company now, and apparently it's worth, I want to say, $70 billion. It's a $70 billion podcasting company. Let me, let me look it up. It's either billion or million, but I feel like it's... Either it's, way, that's that's a lot. It's probably a million, but still, that's a lot. Yeah, I think, yeah, because that's like Oprah rich, huh? $70 billion. That's like Bill Gates yeah, dude, rich. Yeah, dude, it's not $70 billion, but anyways. Mm, yes, yeah, you're right, you're right. Sorry, I'm sorry. $70 million, correction. Still a lot of money for someone who potentially started out as... Alex does in this pilot. So it's inspired off of this. This Still a lot for someone that started off as a broke-ass <laughs> Zach Broth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this, this segues perfectly into my low point. My low point is the man of the hour, Zach Braff. He is the director of this episode. So not only does his character suck, he is the reason his character sucks because he's the director. He so I think <laughs> Zach Braff just all around, like his character is lame. His acting and his comedy and his sar- especially his sarcasm, I really especially hated his sarcasm. And you know what? In all that, in like the execution of the show, I didn't like the fairy tale plot and story and kind of all the the poor storytelling that we've already alluded to. And all that is Zach Broff's fault. He's he's responsible for this show. Spoiler: getting shrap metal all up in its ass. <laughs> it's one of my favorite expressions from this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Zach Braff is annoying. Are you saying his name right? Is, is are, am I saying it name? Is it Braff or Broff? You're saying Broff, like Broff. It's Broff if you're super pretentious. Like Broff. Braff if if you're normal. I don't care if I. You know what, listeners? <laughs> if I said it incorrectly, I, good. Yeah. <laughs> fact, I what's the improper way to say? Yeah, it let's let's find that out. I'm just That's... gonna start calling him Zach Braff. Braff. Bra. Zach Braff. Yeah. That's Zach Braff. <laughs> I also noticed, I'm going to put this in as a low point. It might get edited out, but I don't care. They made several, not one or two, but several jokes about the size of Zach Braff's nose, Mm. which I feel is a complete cheap 
joke to continue doing in a 20-minute pilot. If you hear it once, it's funny. If you hear it multiple times, it means you did not have enough material to make people laugh. That's a good point. It's self-deprecating in like an annoying kind of way. Absolutely. And as as someone with a large nose, you know, it's just offensive to people that actually have large noses, if you ask me. <laughs> Were you offended? I have a perfect nose, but <laughs> I feel for you, a Jimbo. A button nose. <laughs> Mo, do you, do you have a different low point to add? I just It's mostly building off of how terrible Alex's character was, which is <laughs> how he amplified how annoying he is by adding that fangirl assistant, which I, I think that's whose name I was trying to find out. What was her name? Deirdre. Deirdre. Oh, that's her name. Deer Deirdre. No, sorry, Deirdre. I had to look it up. That chick. Yeah. You know what? Why is you? That, okay, she's she's proof that that they that they weren't being racist. She had a, the weirdest name on the whole show. De- Deirdre. Deirdre. Not Deirdre. 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 I think. Yeah, the subtitles. I watched. It, it was a weird. It was a weird name. I don't remember. It was like D I E R D R E. Yes. I mean, I have like a friend Deirdre. with that name, and it's just Deirdre. It's just pronounced okay. Deirdre. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't know. I, I was know, just man. trying to read it properly. I guess I. Th- I feel like they did say D. I guess. Well, she I was, was not a fan annoying. of of Deirdre. Yeah, it just was. She was so mousy, and I was expecting when he's like, "Oh, she's like the most badass producer. I can't, you know, find anyone else. She makes the most logical sense." Yeah, she was like his groupie, which fed his ego and his arrogance. Uh, which I also, I mean, that was already such a big problem with the show. I think adding a groupie essentially to that mixture was just such a bad idea. It was awkward. And then that scene when like the wife is there and she's trying to push her away from him. And then she says the comment about a big nose. She's like, actually, I like my guys tall with big, older with big big noses noses or something dumb. I could see some, some people liking her. I didn't, I didn't hate her. I didn't like her either. I did think it was funny when like when like uh Alex hugs his cousin and she just creeps out in out of nowhere and just like puts like rubs up on his back like that part I thought was funny. It was dumb. I only liked the part when she got hit in the face with a cat. That that was yeah. great. That, that was, was a like great. a funny yeah. part. That was just a relieving moment where you could break the hatred that you have for what you're seeing, <laughs> you know, for like a brief moment of like okay, it's all good. Dude, dude, but then they ruined it with some with some stupid sarcasm. He's like, "This isn't a time to rest," or so you know, he says something uh, so stupid. It's like, oh, God. Also, wait, shout out to his, the guy who plays his cousin, who's in the God, who's in the Sopranos. I can't disconnect his face from his character in the Sopranos. In the Sopranos, I actually was really For upset sure. to see him in the show. Considering why not how much just end on a good note? Fit. Just end on a good note. You did the Sopranos. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? We will end on a good note. And listeners, I don't know why someone hasn't suggested The Sopranos yet. If you're out there and you haven't Please left do. us a review oh, yet, so go good. leave us a review on iTunes and request us to analyze the pilot of The Sopranos because that would be a lot of fun. Also, please provide your HBO Go password and login <laughs> information. <laughs> For show. Sure. Yeah, that is required. <laughs> I think we at least touched on, if not if not developed, all of these low points. And now, listeners, a promo swap with one of our podcasting buddies. What does it matter? 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 Podcast with Sean Faust. 
Does genre really matter to you? Do you only listen to one style of music? Do you only watch one kind of movie? Do you only read one kind of book? No, you're not that boring, and nobody's that boring. So check out the podcast taking the world by storm called What Does It Matter? It's about anything and everything. Because when it comes to genre, what what does does it matter? WDIM Podcast can be found at WDIMpodcast.blogspot.com. Tell your friend. All right, welcome back, listeners. Hey, Earl. Hey, Crab Man. <laughs> now, for our Crab Man Award. And for those of you new to the show, the Crab Man is a supporting character that gives way more than they take. Usually not a reoccurring character, but I think since Drew's not here... <laughs> Fuck you, Drew. Uh, the Crab Man can be a reoccurring character because, for one, we are hurting for characters in this show. And for two, you know what? The original Crab Man was a supporting character that was reoccurring. I'm going to throw out Soraya, and I'm going to say she's a Crab Man. She had, she had very few parts, but she was, like, good on her parts. And then, like, she, like, got – she had that milkshake, and she's, like, yeah. it was free, and she's just, like, you know. And then she's, like, talking shit on her dad when he's just blowing the, you know, the whole interview. So that is my – Crab Lady nominee. Cure, why why don't you hit us with one if you have one, sir? I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this pilot for me was crabless. I don't think that anybody uh that was in the show not only I mean the people that were in it were in it too much to be crab men or ladies, and the people that were barely in it did not add anything or give us anything to go off of. So I'm gonna say the show was crabless, Jimbo. Mo, how about you? So I, I at first wanted to give it to the cat that hit the guy in the face. Or I'm sorry, that gave me. <laughs> Drew's going to get so pissed if that cat gets I it. know. Well, then I, so I remembered that whole squabble that you and Drew have about the Crab Crabex Award needing to go to a human being. Buck was our crab dog last week. That's true. That's true. So I, I just pulled it back from it and wanted to give it to that woman who was trying to invent this cat suit that makes cats hyperallergenic, which is actually like a kind of a good idea. A lot of people are deathly allergic to cats and cats are so cute. I don't think it'll ever work inventing one of those. Yeah. But anyway, so I wanted to get, because the cat hits Deirdre in the face. <laughs> one pro. Second pro, it gives that old murderer alleged, alleged murder, yeah. which was another joke that was driven down so, right, it was always like alleged, yes, alleged. yes. terrible job, definitely. Yeah, um, and then he gave, he gave the, the murderer that scary face and his allergic reaction. And like in real life, that old man would have fucking died, he would have needed an epi pen, <laughs> yeah. like ASAP. yeah. His immune system's already complete garbage, I bet. <laughs> That's my my uh stance on the crab person award, crab cat, crab cat, <laughs> crab X. I'm kind of leaning with Cure and saying Crabless. Can, yeah. Can, yeah. What do you, mm. I mean? I mean, it was a stretch, but I did enjoy that. I, I feel impartial. I like the daughter, but I'm not going to argue it, I guess, it's if, if no one else saw it. Crabless. Crabless. Can, can I say it? Go ladies ahead. and gentlemen, by unanimous decision, Alex Inc. goes Crabless. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now for our most valuable part of the pilot, and we may have a strong consensus here. Consensus here, Kier, go ahead and start us off. Uh, well, I, I was going to try not to mention uh, my passion boner, which, uh, as a magician, <laughs> seems wildly appropriate. But uh, 
My MVP was was definitely Ben the Sun. Not only did I think his confidence uh, as a character was very strong, I love the way that he was able to, in some way, inspire the protagonist, Alex, in order to to try to make a move. As much as I think the storytelling fell short, I absolutely think Ben was uh, an outstanding addition to this pilot. He had the cutest little fro. (laughs) His tight curl fro was just on point. I it was like a it. like Corey Matthews reincarnated. <laughs> yes. <gasps> Wait, that's on our list, right? I was actually curious. Is is he possibly a savage? Because because he definitely no. looks like uh, Corey or uh, the Boy Meets World kid as well. Corey is the Boy Meets World kid. We're thinking of oh, Fred uh, Savage Wonder and Fred yeah, Savage. Wonder Years, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin Arnold. I agree, man. His his a uh, line like when his dad's ignoring him. I met this girl, her name is Steven, and she wants to go hang out in a van. And, you know, like that, like that was just, that was hilarious. Everything about, like, that kid was gold. I would be very surprised, unless he gets way too hard in, into the heroine, if that kid is not just a star someday. Yeah, if he if he doesn't Bieber out, he's definitely in for, for a very fulfilling career. I think his confidence, even in the, there was a scene that I really enjoyed where, Zach Braj or whatever his name is Bra- was <laughs> was like kind of tucking him into bed and the kid was doing magic tricks while he was uh making dead eye contact when he was pulling the thing out of his mouth yeah out of his mouth <laughs> and just the level of confidence but also his charm I think is is going to take him a long way as an actor but also uh, maybe the only thing in that show that really made me not want to turn off the TV in the middle of it or kill myself there's just like no the only cast members listed with photos are Alex, his wife, the cousin, and Deirdre. Why? And also has a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. So this is like an indie, you know, an indie uh, sitcom, I guess. <laughs> God. <laughs> and then listeners also, Drew was all for Ben as being the MVP. Do we have, do we have any, do we have anything else to add about Ben? I mean, he he was just a solid character, solid acting, everything about his scenes. Listeners, if you haven't seen this show and you're thinking about it, definitely go and check out Ben. Like it's it's worth it just to check out Ben. Even just like the last 8 minutes when he does his performance and then I loved at the end that last shot of him on the Segway with his like Dumbledore <laughs> and it looks like he's floating. Hoverboard, yeah, the hoverboard. And it looks like he's floating. It's real magic. It's great. Okay. Agreed. Unanimous. He puts me to shame. (laughs) I know. I want to see a magic trick. Can you do one real quick? Maybe maybe during our shop talk. Yeah, maybe during shop talk, uh, I'll show you a magic trick. So stick around. All right. So solid MVP of Alex Inc. going to Ben. Uh, now we have a few dangling threads to discuss. Let's let's just let, let's just briefly touch on Drew's just so he doesn't cry about it next week. <laughs> so Drew thought this pilot Alex Inc was unfunny. And so he has a question for us, why was Married with Children so much better? For one, Drew, I would say go listen to our episode from last week because I think <laughs> Mo and I discussed it there. plenty. Yeah, I mean, go watch the coffee scene again if if you're confused. But the, I the think the jokes um, were better with married with children. Yeah, the execution with married with children is is a lot better. I mean, the story is fairly simple. Al wants to go to the Bulls game, and Peggy wants friends. It has a happy ending, 
but it's it's a satisfying ending and it allows it allows the characters to develop their relationship and their family dynamics and and it's funny cliche or not it's things that people the audience can relate to and it made for a very enjoyable pilot this this pilot the dynamics between the relationships are talk about wishy-washy man Rooney, the wife, comes off super wishy-washy, dude. She's just, like, way too supportive, way too forgiving. And besides Ben, like, these jokes just didn't land. Like, I like I can't relate with a spoiled white guy hating his job that doesn't even suck. I mean, like, what do you want? Like, <laughs> like Al was a fucking shoe salesman. Yes, exactly. That's way worse. And Peggy held her own. She was a strong individual character aside from just being some sideline cheerleader yeah and i know i think cure didn't watch Mar- married with children so you know we'll just box him out for now but uh but i would have loved to see rooney having a little more peggy in her like that would have been awesome maybe not being peggy but like having some peggy in her we're like she's strong and she's gonna get what she wants she doesn't get anything no she just gets more work yeah, she gets the satisfaction of giving her husband what he wants. Barf. Awesome. Yeah, great. <laughs> Wait, it's it's also blowing my mind that they're in New York and he's pulling this shit. Like rent. Get is your not, shit together, dog. What the hell? Where? What the fuck? All right, Drew, you got your dangling thread. <laughs> Mo, let's. We we started to touch on yours. Go ahead and hit us with yours. Yeah, so I mean, we've been going and circling back to this a lot in a lot of different ways with calling it convenient storytelling or lack of motivation or his job wasn't that bad. But at the end of the day, I feel like I felt that Zach Brah as a writer, as a director in thinking of this, like, is he so out of touch with reality that he doesn't realize that quitting your job like this has massive consequences? Like, is he so grounded? Is he so blinded by his own privilege that he doesn't really... He couldn't tell this story in a way that would include those things that it was just so obvious. I don't I don't know. It just felt so obvious to me that it's like, wow, you're you're really so out of touch with the reality of people's experiences in a way that only a white male of privilege could be. <laughs> I agree, Mo. Um, I actually and I think that's an interesting point. I was actually uh, I. I can personally relate to the situation itself of being frustrated with what you do for a living and wanting to make a change towards what you're passionate about. And I can say, uh, that is a very universal feeling. Absolutely. And I think that the, the portrayal of, of how it would go down in real life, if the wrong person were to see this pilot might think that that's a reality for them. That's so true. That that really, I think, gives a complete misinterpretation to what following your dreams looks like. It it makes it look so easy, and it also makes it look like there is no consequence. So, uh, I think that you made an interesting point. I also 100% agree that it just it doesn't fit into the reality at all. Yeah, I would say just to jump in. I I would say this show is like everything wrong with what we're teaching young people today. Teachers are definitely guilty of this as well, and I was probably guilty of this as well when I was younger, but. To teach kids that like you need to find your passion in life or your, your life sucks is like such a terrible thing because you know what? Only a few extremely lucky people are going to be able to make a living following their passion. Everyone else has to either find a job they don't hate or they have to just put up with whatever they are doing because that's what they need to do to get by. 
this show, if like if someone's young is watching it or someone that's maybe like on the fence and doesn't know what to do, I hope they don't get any motivation or ideas from this show because this show is like the worst example of what you should the decisions that you should make. And and like he solves all his problems so easily. For one, he just quits his job because they turned down his one story. Okay, cry me a freaking river, JT. And then he can't afford the rent for this shitty ass studio. That space was so horrible. Open studio space, yeah, with a you know, with his crew of flunkies. <laughs> and so what's he do? He just oh, I'm so privileged I have a savings account that I can just go and destroy at the disregard to my wife and kids. And then like the whole sale thing too. Like, dude, you're not gonna meet that that dumbass rich guy. And he's not just gonna be like, What's your what's your unfair advantage? And then you're just gonna come up with some dumbass thing and he's just gonna throw money at you. Listeners, Drew's uh, middle school students that listen to this, do not take any advice from from Zach Brah. Do not do this. If you hey, if you can follow your dreams, great. But don't throw away your kid or your wife's future because you want to be a, a podcast company uh, owner. Okay. I'm just gonna give a quick shout out to Zach Bross hometown because I'm I'm just curious because this really this whole thing is just crazy to me that you think this is real and the median income for a family was is six is a hundred and seven a hundred and seven thousand dollars. He must be from Connecticut. Pretty high. Yeah, it's South South Orange, New Jersey. He's a Jersey boy. That's what Garden State was about, New Jersey. That is very high. Yeah. I just wanna I wanna put out there. I'm gonna recommend that for the rest of this episode, we refer to uh, the protagonist of this pilot as Whack Braff. <laughs> Ooh, Whack Braff. Okay. I wish I wish you would have suggested that earlier. <laughs> I I think it's too late to go back and re-record it, but we, <laughs> but we can redo the intro if necessary and nice. put it in there. Whack Braff. It was just not good. It just, yeah, it was so unreal. And I didn't even think of that, Kier, like when you talk about the wrong person watching this and like not, and actually thinking this is real. I didn't even think of like young people being so foolish, like tricked into this. It could be very hazardous to the wrong person. Yeah, especially someone that has like $10,000 in the bank. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody who just happens to have something. They've been saving it for like years. I don't think now would be a good time to plug my GoFundMe (laughs) (laughs) on the topic of throwing money at things. I, I do have another dangling thread. It, it's loosely related to, to the one that we're talking about. And, and this idea of, uh, of like wanting a meaningful life. And, and, now, and now to switch to a positive note. Like, like I do respect um, Whack Broth's pursuit of wanting a meaningful life. That, that is very real. And if any young people or any people that, that are you know, listening to us for life advice, <laughs> I would say to go for a meaningful life. That's something to be willing to put up with some bullshit for. And it doesn't necessarily mean your job. Your job doesn't have to be your 100% meaningful life. Your job could be a means towards something else meaningful as well. I think that's what should have been developed more in this show is that he wants a meaningful life and that his other job wasn't meaningful. Maybe it's implied, but it's underdeveloped. True. That's that's a powerful message, Jimbo. Yeah, that was hot. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to follow that up, though. Okay. It was good. Well, it was well said. Drop the mic. Drop the yeah, mic, man. Rock drop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jimbo, podcaster, co-hoister, inspirational speaker, yeah. self-proclaimed <laughs> pilot critic as well. No, but that's true. I think we dangled these threads up. Now we are going to give a shout out to another one of our podcast buddies. 
Hey everyone, my name is Drew and I host a podcast called Dudes with Brews on a Porch where we let the drinks flow and the conversations go. Each and every week, me and a friend of mine, we sit down, we try a different craft brew, usually from the state of Wisconsin, and we just sit down and have a conversation. We talk about all aspects of life. Once a month, we talk about paranormal stuff and we always have a good time. You can find our show, Dudes with Brews on a Porch, on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you find your podcasts. Grab a cold one and hang out with us each and every week right here on the porch. Welcome back, listeners. And now, the moment before the moment you've all been waiting for, watch or rewatch. And then I'm going to add a twist to this as well. What do we think the fate of this TV show is? Because we are talking about a premiere TV show. Since I'm talking, I'll just go ahead and, and, and hog up my, my glory time. This is a very strong, hell no, I will not watch episode two of this. I do predict it getting season one. And then I will just give myself a little wiggle room. Unless the show picks up after the first pilot, I would be very surprised to see a second season. And that's and that's my prediction. Mo, what do you think? Yeah, I will not be watching this. I will not continue to watch. And I, I would put money on the fact on this not lasting more than a season. There's no way. Cure. That makes four of us, including Drew, based on his notes, will not be watching this. Um, I definitely think that following season one, unless it really finds its footing and maybe adds a character that's a little bit interesting or adds a story like a, you know, maybe maybe a an underlying story or a, just anything to, to kind of fluff up the uh, the stakes of the show. I think that's a big problem. If the show doesn't have high stakes, which clearly it doesn't have any consequence, I don't see it getting a season two unless it can somehow figure out a way to add those things um, before that decision is made. But I will not be rewatching. Or if if Whack Bra starts giving hand jobs to you know um, Weinstein or something, oh, possibly. hey, that I watch might watch. It. Weinstein's irrelevant. Too soon. Yeah. Zach, too Zach soon. Braff's Don't privilege would include him in yeah. the Me act, I believe. Oh, yeah. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. To hoist or not to hoist? That is the question. And listeners, we don't need to waste your time. I think we all know where this is going. Go ahead, Mel. Speak for all of us, please. By unanimous decision, we are hella hoisting the pilot episode of Alex Inc. Whack broth out. For show. <laughs> I know. We can go on and on. And now, our quest for the best and worst pilot ever. Although Alex Inc. is pretty terrible, it was not as bad as Buffy. And I'm not sure if anyone with uh, recording with us at the time has seen Buffy, but I, I think I think we can all agree that it's better than Buffy. So the real question is, is it better or worse than Seventh Heaven? And Kira, have you seen Seventh Heaven by any chance? Uh, I don't recall the pilot specifically. I have seen the show, um, and I also listened to the Pilots of Pitar's episode uh, for Seventh Heaven. And based on the sounds of it, I would probably say it's it's better than Seventh Heaven. Okay, we can, and uh, and we may or may not come back to Cure for uh, to to help us with this. <laughs> Mo, what do you think about this show versus Wonderfalls? I think Wonderfalls is better. I agree. Okay, now how about Seventh Heaven? I mean, the child, the the pedophile dad really left a bad taste in my mouth with Seventh Heaven. Yeah. But man, I'm not. I, I would almost say it's better only because of a, it being a mixed family. Yes, and Ben. I, Ben Ben did more than any character on Seventh Heaven. Yeah, and Simon was really just a anchoring that pilot. 
There was a minimal amount of incestuous vibes, too. I'm just going to throw that yeah. in there. And I, I think, from what I recall of the Seventh Heaven episode, that was a concern for you guys. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so so let's so let's put it above Seventh Heaven and below Wonderfalls, which is going to put it somewhere near the bottom okay. of our barrel. So, listeners, you, you can tell by the duration of this episode what, what we think about Alex Inc. <laughs> and now for our Patardar. I think we all have probably some similar stuff on the Patardar as well. I'm going to read Drew's. So, Drew recommends Last Man on Earth. That's a sitcom about a few people that are the last people on Earth. He also said The Office Season 2 I guess, especially season two of The Office and then Seinfeld. So Drew is recommending what he thinks are a lot better sitcoms. I'll just let Cure say his because mine mine is shared with, with one of Cure's. Uh, and I think the one that you're talking about, Jimbo, is probably Scrubs. Yep. Uh, if if you want to see Zach Braff when he's not an overprivileged, uh, uh, completely inappropriately sarcastic dork, uh, <laughs> Scrubs is probably the way to go. Uh, I really enjoyed that show. I will um, just jump in and say that he's still all those things, but <laughs> but it works in Scrubs. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna say Jimbo Jimbo pegged it uh, right on the nose. So, um, but I'm also gonna recommend Fun with Dick and Jane uh, because I feel that if you want to laugh seeing people quit their jobs, uh, that's probably the way to go. So, Fun with Dick and Jane, uh, the movie or Scrubs. Um, did they have kids with with Dick and Jane? They did. They had a son. Yeah. Yes, that was with Jim Carrey and. Taya Leon. And that other person. Yes. yes. Yeah. What do you got, Mo? I'm going to go ahead and put Sopranos on here. Has nothing to do with the vibes of this episode except for the fact that <laughs> I don't remember his name. Can we just say guess? Vinny. It's, probably, it's, it's either Tony, Louie, Louie Downtown. <laughs> Vinny? It wasn't Vinny. But, uh, oh, here. Vincent. Was, Mikey, Vincent, Joey. Vinny. They called him Vinny Meatballs. No, no, wrong. Christopher. So that would be mine strictly because of that, the characters. Yeah, I just don't want people starting to watch The Sopranos thinking it's anywhere near what Alex Inc. is about. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely don't confuse the two. One is good, the other one uh, is shit. <laughs> yeah. All right, and so we are ready to close up the show, it looks like. So next week, for those of you that want to join in on the pre-discussion, follow our blog, as I already mentioned. And we are looking at South Park next week. And this was chosen by our reviewer, Zero. May you rest in peace, Zero. R.I.P. Zito. Zero, I hope you come back and listen to us for this one. Yeah, that would be nice, Zero. We will accept uh, any and all feedback. Plus, it is uh, it is coming up on Easter. So if there was a time for revival, Zero, Ooh. I'd say now would be the time. Hey, it's deep. Y'all are deep today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shout. <laughs> shout out. Shout out listener Jimmy Christ as well. Yes. <laughs> For our plugs, uh, you can find us on our website. If you would like to continue any of these conversations, the website is the place to be. Remember the pre-recording discussion. And if you, you know, if you disagree with us, uh, Jimmy Christ, we know you're going to have a couple things to say, I'm sure. And then now Kier is going to, is going to plug himself on a few things. Thank you, Jimbo. Um, as I stated in the beginning of this episode, I am a magician. 
if if you're not familiar with uh, what magicians do, making money is not something that magicians do typically. So uh, it can be extremely difficult sometimes to fund the hobbies and passions that we have. Uh, so I'm going to plug my GoFundMe. I just recently launched it. It is for um, a custom deck of playing cards designed by me. This is a passion I've had for a really long time um, as an artist, as a creator, but also as a magician. So uh, if you're feeling uh, generous or if you uh, you know are an artist or you just support art and it's you know in its OG form of somebody else doing it, uh, please go to GoFundMe. Search Kier Gomes. Uh, you'll find you'll find a picture of me, and you can give me all your money, and I will spend it on your behalf, very thankfully and very gratefully. And you have a you have a YouTube channel where we can see some of your tricks. I do, yes. If you're not sure what you're investing in and what you're spending your money on, if you go to YouTube and also search Kier G O M E S, you'll find a pretty uh, pretty solid amount of videos. Leave comments on that as well. I I would absolutely love to grow my channel and uh, and continue to uh, do what I do. And you can and you can find a link to Kier's GoFundMe and his YouTube page on our website as well. In our intro music, our official Pilots and Petards intro music was mixed by Jake Drew, and our official closing music was mixed by Entheos. And you can find a link to both of them on our website as well. Also, I would like to give a shout out to Who's Right Podcast. They designed our header and our new logo and the who's right podcast i've i've been doing review swaps and i've listened to probably close to 10 indie pods out out of all the indie pods that i was listening to that were supposed to be comedy these guys are actually funny so go check out who's right they have some pretty good discussions and they're pretty entertaining and who's right if you're listening thank you for taking the time to make our logo and our in our header on our website. And if you haven't checked out our website recently, go go check it out. We love you, Who's Right. Check out Who's Right with Doug and Anthony. <laughs> Just days before an SUV carrying a family of eight plummeted from a cliff in Northern California. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I can rally around. You know, because I am anti-dead hooker. <laughs> I am. Me too. If, if I, I like my hookers alive. <laughs> that sounds weird, doesn't it? I don't want to edit this. If you want to edit this shit, then go ahead. But I there's, just take out the shit that will get, will get me fired. If I, were to, if I were to say that word, that, that word. would be what our podcast would be known for. We've been doing this for 70 episodes. That'd be it. Our, our, we are racist. And you would be dragged right down with me. We no, are. I would be there fighting the power, man. I would prove the critics wrong and, and catch the jungle fever. From that logic, if you follow that out, I can make fun of of many handicapped people all I want as long as I don't call them a certain word. Right. That's not, that's not the... No, <laughs> right. not right. <laughs> that's not the lesson that I would teach my kids. <laughs> Just don't make fun of mentally handicapped people. I think you pretty much got the gist of it. You're, you're a shitbag. <laughs> <clears throat> Check out Who's Right at Who's Right Podcast.com. I'm wrong, you're wrong. Everybody sing this song. Talk it on over and we'll find out who's right. Mo, are you. Is there people making faxes and copies at your house? There's like some weird background <laughs> noise, man. Too. Sounds like two Transformers getting it on. Yeah. <laughs> really? That's all right. Ho- hopefully that shit will buff out. But, uh. No, that's weird. Well, maybe I was touching this. I don't know. Okay, fuck it. You know, but Mo is living in the city, so there's 
plenty, plenty of noise going on. Someone's getting murdered probably down the street. All right. And listeners, if you can't tell by the music, the show is officially over. But if you love us as much as we love us, we're going to stick around for maybe a couple more minutes. Do we want to see a magic trick? Oh, a magic oh, trick. Yes. Yeah, sure. Okay. Let me, um, let me get some cards. Okay. Give her some magic. Uh, so, Mo, since I can't have you reach in and pick a card, I'm going to have you think of a card. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Now watch this. If I snap my fingers, I'm trying to make sure you can see it. One card in the deck actually is going to turn blue. Now, Mo, are you a gambling person? No, I hate gambling. So if you were a gambler and you had to bet on it, what uh, what do you think this one blue card would be? I would say it was the Jack of Spades. Oh, you would be right. It is the Jack of Spades. Wow. Okay. Now, here's what's really amazing. Okay. I'm going to set the blue Jack of Spades down, and I'm just going to have you say stop whenever you want. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Stop. <laughs> Your first card was the Jack of Spades? Yeah. Oh, is it there? <gasps> there you go. I don't know how that looked. Uh from you know without you being in person so i had to improvise but just in case you didn't like that one i'll have you uh i'll have you direct your attention towards this card what is that a seven of hearts seven of hearts are you sure it's not it's a five what there you go (laughs) there's your magic trick um also mo i'm gonna extend the invitation for you to also go check out my youtube channel leave comments love feedback anything uh, if you happen to find $5 when you're doing your laundry this week and you want to give it to my GoFundMe <laughs> also, I'm going to graciously accept that and spend it on your behalf. Okay. Will do. All right. Well, thanks so much for uh, thanks so much for entertaining my card magic here. That's cool. I'm let Jimmy sit back down because it looks yeah. like he's dying. So thank you. Wow. Okay. Um, cool. I'm not thanks, sure how, how that video turned out either. but uh, How are you recording it? Lisa was. Oh. Via cell phone. Oh, cell phone. Yeah, cell phone. We did great. That was fast. I wish we were this fast every week. It could be if we keep looking at shitty shows. <laughs> That's true. We could we could we could try and uh, chop them down a bit. Well, I'm sure it'd be easy for you too with with editing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a lot easier to edit. How many? How long was Married with Children? It was like an hour thirty, huh? It was like an hour forty-five, maybe fifty. Yeah, it was long. It, did did you listen to it by any chance? I haven't listened to it yet, actually. It turned out really good. I liked it. Really? Okay. I'll listen to it on yeah, the train tomorrow. Day. Yeah, whatever. All right, well, every day we hoistling, Jimbo out. Every day we hoistling, and sometimes we hoistle with me. Kier, out. Every day we hoistling, Mo out. Every day we hoistling on Pilots and Puttarts Podcast. <laughs>